Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. Guess what? You are not alone. Support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help you find a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to churchescare.com to explore the possibilities. Churchescare.com. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome everyone to Too Good To Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. 
The subjects for today's show are Area 51 and other conspiracy theories, including the Dulce base and the 1978 Fort Dix shooting. We're also going to talk about the United States House of Representatives Select Committee on Assassinations. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject and research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. Relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize. And neither of us have any particular knowledge of extraterrestrial life or alleged conspiracies related to extraterrestrials or to humans or congressional committees. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. First of all, a shout out to the listener who wanted to hear a show about some of today's subject matter. Starting with Area 51, it was recently in the news with the Storm Area 51 event. The following is from an Associated Press article dated September 20th, 2019. Quote, Heiko Nevada, EP. About 75 people arrived early Friday at a gate at the once secret Area 51 military base in Nevada at the time appointed by an internet hoaxer to storm the facility to see space aliens, and at least two were detained by sheriff's deputies. The Storm Area 51 invitation spawned festivals in the tiny Nevada towns of Rachel and Heiko nearest the military site and a, and a more than two-hour drive from Las Vegas. Lincoln County Sheriff Kerry Lee estimated late Thursday that about 1,500 people had gathered at the festival sites and said more than 150 people had also made the rugged trip several additional miles on bone-rattling dirt roads to get within selfie distance of the gates. An Associated Press photographer said it wasn't immediately clear if a woman who began ducking under a gate and a man who urinated nearby were arrested after the crowd gathered about 3 a.m. Friday, unquote. Yes, I can echo that shout-out. Thank you. There appears to be a lot of belief in an Area 51 conspiracy theory. It seems to have gained popularity. But how did the term conspiracy theory come into use? I think it became popular in the aftermath of of the Kennedy assassination. The Warren Commission in 1964 concluded that it was no conspiracy, but that was not the last word. So was it a conspiracy? There was a congressional committee that looked into the assassinations of John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King Jr., as described by Wikipedia. Quote, the United States House of Representatives 
Select Committee on Assassinations, HSCA, was established in 1976 to investigate the assassinations of John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King Jr. in 1963 and 1968. The HSCA completed its investigation in 1978 and issued its final report the following year, concluding that Kennedy was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy. In addition to acoustic analysis of a police channel dictabelt recording, the HSCA also commissioned numerous other scientific studies of assassination-related evidence that corroborate the Warren Commission's controversial findings, unquote. The dictabelt recording was from a motorcycle police officer's radio microphone stuck in the open position during the assassination. What about the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr.? Here's more from the Wikipedia article, quote, on the King assassination, the committee concluded in its report that while King was killed by one rifle shot from James Earl Ray, there is a likelihood that it was the result of a conspiracy and that no U.S. government agency was part of it, this conspiracy. On the contrary, it was more likely to be between Ray and his brothers, unquote. Were those the final words on the assassinations? I don't think there will ever be final words, but another part of the government rather recanted the idea that the Kennedy assassination was a conspiracy. Here's more from Wikipedia. Quote, in a Justice Department memo to the House Judiciary Committee in 1988, the Assistant Attorney General, General formally reviewed the recommendations of the HSCA report and, and reported a conclusion of active investigations. In light of investigative reports from the FBI's Technical Service Division and the National Academy of Science Committee, determining that reliable acoustic data do not support a conclusion that there was a second gunman, the Justice Department concluded that no persuasive evidence can be identified to support the theory of a conspiracy in the assassination of President Kennedy, unquote. The following is from the History Channel website. Coretta Scott King was Martin Luther King Jr.'s widow. Quote, there is abundant evidence of a major high-level conspiracy in the assassination of my husband, Martin Luther King Jr., Coretta King said at a press conference in 1999, according to the King Center. It was a theory that she maintained until her death in 2006, and it has so far never been proven. Yet it Yet, given the way the Bureau had treated her and her family, her suspicion of the FBI and its conclusions about her husband's killer come from a very reasonable place, says John McMillan, a history professor at Georgia State University. Unquote. Coretta Scott King established the Martin Luther King Jr. Center for Nonviolent Social Change in 1968 to preserve the legend of her husband. And now that we have established that some conspiracy theories have at one time or other have had credibility, but carry the label of false beliefs, why are they so popular and never seem to go away? There are a lot of sources to look at, but I guess it depends on who you ask. Let's go back to Area 51. What is the conspiracy theory associated with the military installation? Time magazine provides a summary. We may have Tang thanks to the space program, but who gave us such innovations as a stealth fighter and Kevlar? Aliens, of course. Conspiracy theorists believe that the remains of a crashed UFO, of crashed UFO spacecrafts are stored at Area 51, an Air Force base about 150 miles from Las Vegas, 
where government scientists reverse engineer that alien's highly advanced technology. Fodder for this has come from a variety of supposed UFO sightings in the area and testimony from a retired army colonel who says he was given access to extraterrestrial materials gathered from an alien spacecraft that crashed in Roswell, New Mexico. Some believe that the government studies time travel at Area 51, also known as Groom Lake or Dreamland. The government has developed advanced aircraft and weapon systems at nearby Nellis Air Force Base, including stealth bombers and reconnaissance planes. And the government's official line that the details of Area 51 are classified for purposes of national security is only seen as further proof that the military is hiding aliens or alien spacecraft, unquote. Tank powder to make flavored drinks was not invented for the space program, but was used in Gemini missions, apparently as it was convenient. Former NASA astronaut Buzz Aldrin stated that Tang sucks. Maybe you cannot take everything you read at face value, including about the Tang. So what evidence is there that Area 51 is involved with extraterrestrial technology reverse engineering? The following are among the what is known list for Area 51 included on the Encyclopedia Britannica website. Quote, in 1989, a man named Robert Bob Lazar claimed he worked on extraterrestrial technology inside Area 51. Lazar told Las Vegas television reporter George Knapp that he saw autopsy photographs of aliens inside the facility and that the U.S. government used the facility to examine recovered alien spacecraft. Although Lazar himself was discredited, his claims spawned numerous government conspiracy theories, most of which involved extraterrestrial life. Many people reported seeing unidentified flying objects, UFOs, in or near Area 51. Although the term is often used in the context of extraterrestrial speculation, UFOs are not necessarily extraterrestrial in origin. On June 25, 2013, the CIA proved released declassified documents chronicling the history of the U-2 and Oxcart programs. The documents were released in response to a Freedom of Information Act request submitted in 2005 by American intelligence historian Jeffrey T. Richelson of the George Washington University National Security Archive. The release of the documents marked the first time that the U.S. government formally acknowledged the existence of Area 51. According to the CIA, test flights of the U-2 and subsequent military aircraft account for the UFO sightings in the area. Area 51 employees reached the facility by way of airplane, flying in and out of a restricted terminal at McCarran International Airport on one of several unmarked planes permitted to fly through the airspace above Area 51. But I think we'll have to continue this after the break. Yes, we'll continue after the short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True on the XO Network, xzbn.net.
It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Path Home Shamanic Art School proudly presents the Gathering of Shaman 2019 Fall Retreat, Manifestation Samhain. Join me, Certified Shamanic Instructor Gwilda Wiecka, in the magnificent Colorado Mountains this November 2nd and 3rd for a life-changing event. Participate in unique teachings and ceremonies that will put the power and magic of shamanic manifestation into your hands. Sit in circle with like-minded individuals, sharing group energy and the power it generates. Classes will be held in a facility next to the beautiful, majestic Arkansas River, further empowering the experience. Space is limited, so reserve your spot today. For more information, visit findyourpathhome.com or email touchin at findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, Dad, you were discussing the What is Known list for Area 51 included on the Encyclopedia Britannica website. Could you please continue? Yeah, we're going to take just one more from that list. Until recently, satellite imagery of the installation was censored. As of 2018, Area 51 is visible on Google Maps, unquote. The U-2 was a high-speed, high-altitude military reconnaissance plane or the, splain, or the spy plane, as it was known. The Oxcart programs worked on uh, the U-2's successors. So the apparent conspiracy is based to a greater or lesser extent on a single individual story related to a television reporter in 1989. Apparently so, and why Area 51 is called Area 51, I don't know. But labeling someone as discredited or as conspiracy theorist seems to be an instant means of taking someone out of the discussion. 
The article doesn't state how Bob Lazar was discredited, but merely states a conclusion. I think that famed ufologist Stanton Friedman in a 1997 article updated in 2011 on his web website attempts to discredit Bob Lazar, claiming everything he said was bunk. Quote, supposedly figured out how sources work using element 115, matter, antimatter, etc. He was able to steal a small quantity of 115 from the 500 pounds available, but this was stolen back. There was an, indeed an announcement in early 2004 about the production of four atoms of element 115 by operating a huge European accelerator for many weeks. It has a very short half-life, so there is no way to accumulate pounds of it. He supposedly came forward with his story despite death threats because he thought the public has a, has a right to know. Videotapes are available with his claims, unquote. Friedman stated that Lazar's claims of master's degree from MIT and from the California Institute of Technology could not be verified, but he acknowledged that Lazar is talented and did apparently help physics professors working at the Los Alamos Meson Accelerator Facility. Friedman became well known for his work investigating Roswell, which might explain his obvious annoyance. With a disputed eyewitness account to support the Area 51 conspiracy theory, let's move on to alleged secret Dulce base and the alleged underground battle with extraterrestrials. The Huffington Post website provides an introduction. Dulce, New Mexico is located right on the Colorado-New Mexico border. It is a quaint town of a population with a population of just under 3,000. It's the tribal headquarters of the Jicarilla Apache Reservation. It is also the alleged location of a secret underground alien base. Philip Schneider, an explosive engineer who worked for the US government with high level security clearance, claimed that in 1979, he participated in the building of a secret underground base in Dulce, New Mexico. It was here that a horrific battle played out, leaving 60 humans dead and countless subterranean aliens fighting for their life, unquote. How many humans survived the subterranean battle? Two plus Schneider, making three. The following is from an article published by the Epoch Times in 2016, which includes more detail than the previous article. Quote, the work team drilled four large holes to stand away to start construction, but what emerged from the holes was not all part of the standard procedure. All the black sooty air came up when we drilled the holes there, Schneider said in a lecture at the 1995 Preparedness Expo. He had gone underground to make an assessment when he found himself just away, feet away from a big grey, a seven-foot-tall alien. The stench was worse than the worst garbage can. The entity was absolutely horrible, he said. Schneider fumbled for a pistol he was carrying. He, carried, he killed two of the beings, but not before one of them could emit a strange and harmful, harmful energy. The alien made a sort of a circular motion with his hand, waving it in front of his chest. Snyder imitated the action. Next thing I know, this blue beam hit me and just literally opened me up like a fish. He showed the audience his hand. The beam burned off some of the fingers on his left hand and hit his chest. It also burned his shoes off and even burned his toenails off. A Green Beret saved Schneider's life and lost his own in the process. He got Schneider into a lift and pushed the button to raise him above ground to safety. More than 60 people lost their lives that day, says Schneider. The other two survivors are living in nursing homes in Canada, he said. 
they are protected by the Canadian government and no American citizen, Schneider included, is allowed access to them. Schneider said that this was because they are scared of being kidnapped, unquote. The presentation at the 1995 Preparedness Expo was one of a series made by Schneider that year. Why was Schneider armed does not appear to be explained, but what happened to him after 1995? According to the fandom website, he, do, he died soon after. Quote, Philip Schneider died on January 17, 1996. Schneider had often made public that he was marked for death. If I ever commit suicide, as Schneider told a close friend, I'd have been murdered. Schneider gave his late last lecture in Denver, Colorado, two months before his alleged murder, unquote. His body was found in, a, in his apartment, apparently with evidence that he'd been murdered by intruders who didn't steal anything, but his death was officially ruled as suicide. Before or after his death, was he discredited? Looking at various articles, I would say that opinions are divided on whether the truth was being told, but I can't say that Philip Schneider has been discredited. Changing subject to the Fort Dix shooting from 1978, what happened over four decades ago? The UFO Casebook website provides a summary of alleged events. Quote, during the early morning hours of January 18, 1978, UFOs were sighted flying over Fort Dix and McGuire Air Force Base, adjacent military bases. Shortly afterwards, a, an air Force Security Patrol was ordered to the back gate of McGuire Air Force Base to allow entry to New Jersey State Police, who were searching for something. One of the airmen on duty was Sergeant Jeff Morse, pseudonym. The state, state trooper told Morse that a Fort Dix MP was pursuing a low-flying object that had hovered over his car. Then a small being with a large head and slender body appeared in front of the, his car. The MP had panicked and shot the alien several times with a 45 automatic. Being had fled over the fence between the two bases before falling and dying on the deserted runway. Morse and his colleagues found the body lying on the runway. As they followed routine procedure and wrote off the area of the crime scene, other Blue Beret forces unfamiliar to Morse and his companion took over. Morse was relegated to, back, to a backup role, but could see from a slight distance what was happening. Unquote. An MP is a military policeman. What happened next? The UFO casebook article continues, quote, Later that day, a team from Wright-Patterson Air Force Base arrived in a C-141 cargo aircraft, created up a body, loaded it on board and took off. Morse and his companions were warned not to talk about the incident or they would be court-martialed. Two days later, Morse and, the, and other participants were taken to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Ohio, where they underwent an intimidating interrogation and were again warned not to talk about the incident. Moore supplied the names of the interrogation team taken from their name badges and their identities have been verified. Morse reported, they told me about my duty to keep my mouth shut. I signed a form and it is supposed to bind me for life. Shortly after returning to McGuire Air Force Base, Morse was debriefed by his commanding officer, a lieutenant colonel, name also known, and heard no more about the incident. Shortly thereafter, each of the airmen who had been involved was transferred to a separate overseas base. Morse was shipped to Okinawa, unquote. Is there any collabor collaborating evidence? There is in a recently published book. The following is from the Ashbury Parks Press website, published September 3rd, 2019. Quote, 
A new book titled Strange Craft, a true story of an Air Force intelligent officer's life with UFOs, claims that a military police officer shot an extraterrestrial being at Fort Dix in the early morning hours of January 18, 1978. In the book by author John, Le- John L. Guerra and published by Bayshore Publishing Co. of Tampa, Florida, retired Air Force Major George Filer III, a decorated former intelligence officer for the 21st Air Force Military Airlift Command at the adjacent McGuire Air Force Base, recounts the extraordinary tale from America's disco age. Filer, now 84, and living in Medford with his wife Janet, said what, he had, been, what had been an urban legend first promulgated by UFO enthusiasts since the early 1980s is indeed true. That's because he was there and he wrote a top secret memo about it, he said. In the freezing winter darkness of that day in January 1978, a bipedal creature described as about four feet in height and a greyish brown in colour with a fat head, long arms and slender body was shot to death with five rounds fired from a service member's 45 calibre handgun, unquote. Ashbury and Medford are in New Jersey. That account sounds consistent with the UFO casebook version of events. The article does continue with great consistency with the accounts of one of the two witnesses described earlier. It describes the craft as being oval-shaped and radiating a blue-green glow and also mentioned that the extraterrestrial's remains gave off a foul-smelling ammonia-like stench. What is the official version of events? That the entire story is a hoax, but I don't see any other material discrediting the story. We don't have time to ask the first question, so we'll continue after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good To Be True on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xcbn.net. a skeptic or a believer join me rob mcconnell as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the exxon radio tv show on xzbn and the exxon tv channel on simul tv since 1990 the exxon radio tv show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard together we'll investigate ufos aliens ghosts bigfoot psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 20... 20- 
Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Eight years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests. The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Xzone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are discussing Area 51 and other conspiracy theories. But it's time to ask the first question. Dad, can you go ahead? Was the term conspiracy theory deliberately created to sideline people that had alternative explanations to the official or ex- or accepted explanation? Originally, no. Originally, it was just used as a term. So it was just used to explain a situation that was unknown. However, in the mainstream, it became more of a sidelining word where it was put into the category of more crazy. Is the term loaded with the use of the word theory to indicate a lack of direct evidence, whether there is or not? Yes, that's 100% true, since a theory is still being formed, while a fact is obviously already proven. So it's something that's not fully proven or can actually be proven. In 1979, when the Select Committee on Assassinations concluded that Kennedy was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy, Why did it seem at the time not to be major news? Basically, since only some people were interested in the information. So they presented it in a way where only some people would actually understand what was going on. So you could say that it was put out there, but the information wasn't very clear to many people. 
1988, based on the Dicta Belt recording, why was there the attempt to refute the findings of the Select Committee on Assassinations, specifically claiming that there was not a second gunman? There were some people who did believe in the evidence presented. So they believed that having an assassination of a president would cause this uproar. So they wanted to keep things under wraps, since if a president could be assassinated, that means that anyone could be assassinated. In 1988, why would a single piece of evidence, which is apparently of the interpretation, be so pivotal in determining whether an entire course of events amounted to a conspiracy? Basically, the problem with the whole situation is that there was more evidence. However, it wasn't presented. So the evidence that was presented was very under interpretation for a reason, since they didn't want it to go one way or the other. They wanted it to become this more, you could obviously call it a conspiracy, since it got people talking, and it still gets people talking today. Why weren't the later 1988 findings more newsworthy? Again, at that point, it was just not important to a lot of people. So it wasn't like today where conspiracy theories are everywhere. It was more people believed what they were told and just went with that information. And also information wasn't as available as it is today with social media. For the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., why did the Select Committee on Assassinations draw a distinction between a U.S. government agency versus private citizens being involved in the conspiracy? Basically from the information that they were presented. So they had proof that it was a government agency and that it wasn't a more private situation. So overall, you can say that in a lot of cases during the investigation, they find a lot of evidence that's not released to the public. Was Coretta Scott King correct when in 1999 she stated that there was abundant evidence of a major high-level conspiracy in the assassination of her husband, Martin Luther King Jr.? Yes, that's true. Although the assassinations of Martin Luther King Jr. and of JFK are subjects for another show, what can you say about the apparent distress by some of the official version of events? Basically, that the ultimate statement is that nothing really appears as it seems. So there's a lot more twists and turns than one would expect, which makes both of these assassinations quite complicated. And it is also very difficult since those people had more security than just a normal everyday person. But there were still these possible assassinations where they were harmed. And also just another note on that is that with people in the spotlight are high level or officials, they have to be very careful with what they say, since anything they say can be taken the wrong way, which can make the wrong person angry, which can cause a series of events. Moving on to Area 51, why do some people believe that the remains of crashed UFOs of extraterrestrial origin are stored at Area 51? Basically, at this point, it is just a very large, well-known conspiracy theory. So many people believe, since it is so secret, the only thing they could really be hiding is crashed UFOs. In any location in the world, have scientists reverse-engineered highly advanced extraterrestrial technology? There have been attempts to reverse-engineer, yes. Was a retired Army colonel correct in stating that within Area 51, he was given access to extraterrestrial materials gathered from a spacecraft that crashed in Roswell. 
He was given strange materials, yes, but their origin was not completely from space. In 1989, why did Bob Lazar claim that he worked on extraterrestrial technology as well as seeing autopsy photographs of extraterrestrials inside Area 51? That's what he truly believed. So he believed that he was working with extraterrestrial material. However, part of it was for some more attention. So he wanted attention for the information, but also he wanted to, in a way, help people. So his attentions were good. However, there was this ploy to bring attention to what he thought he saw. Why have many UFOs, either of human or extraterrestrial origin, been reported in or near Area 51? Basically, the issue with these reports is that some are or could be extraterrestrial, but others are from human origin. So this goes back to the concept that, again, a UFO can simply be something that people don't likely know. So it can be government technology that they are working on, but it also can be originated from a different place. Why did it take a response to a Freedom of Information Act request for the U.S. government to formally acknowledge the existence of Area 51? Basically, at this point, it is just in the better interest to acknowledge that it exists. So at this point, it is well known, and it goes back to the point that even a few years ago, it wasn't officially acknowledged. So for a long time, Area 51 was just something that no government official would even admit that it exists. And also, it goes back to now people can widely go to Area 51 and see it from the outside and record and have this proof of the sign saying no trespassing and the guards there. Though with social media, the concept of Area 51 is just more widely available. So overall, any more top secret concept is harder with the advancement of technology and also with the social media presence. Why is the Groom Lake facility known as Area 51? Basically, it was more top-secret name than became well-known. So it's just a quick way of saying that area and identifying the area as a whole. Why was ufologist Stanton Friedman so outspoken in discrediting the claims of Bob Lazar? Basically, since Bob Lazar made some very out-there claims. So with him coming forward and stepping forward with these claims, he made a lot of ufologists very angry since he didn't present them in a very professional way. So just to summarize a lot of his claims he made up, and he became more of a laughing stock, which affected other people studying UFOs as well. Why would someone claim they have a master, they have master's degrees from MIT and from the California Institute of Technology when it could be easily proven otherwise? The problem is a lot of people don't think before they speak. So a lot of people claim they have a certain degree and they honestly don't think they will get caught. So that just shows that humans sometimes think that they're smarter than what can actually be proven. Is there such a substance as element 115? There are many different elements, so that could be said yes. There is an element 115, but there is also a lot of other elements that are just waiting to be fully discovered and proven. Is element 115 available in reasonably large quantities? Reasonably large quantities would be a stretch since it's such an unstable element. So to be able to create more stability, you'd have to combine it with other elements and that would make it so it would have the stability it desires. So again, it gets very complicated since there are many elements in the universe that are out there, just not particularly on Earth or even discovered yet. 
How was Bob Lazar, with little evidence of formal advanced education, able to help physics professors working at the Los Alamos Meson Accelerator facility? The simple answer is that things used to be a lot different. So with jobs, there wasn't the vigorous screening that there is today. So people could lie their way in and fake a lot of their experience. With today's technology, it's almost impossible to fake that. So times were just different where companies just wanted different types of people and wanted to fill their jobs and didn't always research the background of the individuals they were bringing in. Is there anything you could say about Area 51 that does not go beyond any information that belongs to the government that is protected by law? Basically, the general statement is not even about Area 51, but it is about any top secret area is that this is not the only one. So attention is being drawn to Area 51, but that's not where most of the secrets are being kept now that it is public knowledge. It's very clear that Area 51 is more of a tourist attraction where they're keeping these people busy. So the interest should not shift from Area 51, but should instead shift to having more open communications from the government. So having this two-way conversation where yes, the government has to keep their secrets. However, some of those secrets are important for the general public to know and acknowledge. Don't think we got time for the next question, but uh, again, thank to, thanks to the listener for the, for the uh, suggestion today. Yes, thank you again to the listener, and we will continue after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True on the EXO Network, xzbn.net. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? 
The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not so secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we're discussing Area 51 and other conspiracy theories. Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Yes, this is the final Area 51 question. What can we learn from the 2019 Storm Area 51 event that involved only about 150 people at the gates with two arrests? Basically, the power of social media. So social media makes it so information is carried. But the storming of Area 51 also started as just a joke. So people have to be wary of what's really real in social media, especially about Area 51 and what's fake. So the whole concept of storming a military-protected government base is interesting to a lot of people. 
However, again, it just started as a joke, and many people don't realize that. Changing subject to the alleged secret Dulce base, can you say anything about a secret underground base? What can be said is that there are multiple secret underground bases. So this is not, if it does exist, is not the only one. Was there a subterranean battle between humans and extraterrestrials at the Dulce base? No, that wouldn't really be said. It would be more said that there is this interest in extraterrestrials, yes, but not a secret battle. Okay, I'll continue by asking questions that may not be applicable following the previous answer. Did Philip did Phil Snyder find himself just feet away from a big grey, a seven foot tall extraterrestrial? There was a strange being near him, yes. Was there a stench like the worst garbage can associated with the extraterrestrial? There was a horrible smell, yes. How many extraterrestrials were involved in the battle? Again, there was not really any type of battle, but there are multiple unknown beings that did appear. So in total, there was about 30. Did Phil Schneider kill any of the unknown beings with a pistol he was carrying? They couldn't be killed by this pistol. He tried, yes, and did think he killed them, yes, but they were not killed. Why was Phil carrying a pistol when working as a civilian engineer underground? He was paranoid. Was Phil injured in the chest as well as losing some of the fingers on his left hand, or did he imagine it? That account is not true, no. The beings did not hurt him. Did any humans lose their lives underground? No, no humans were harmed. The beings were just curious of what was going on, but nobody was harmed in the process. Why did Phil Schneider make the claims he did regarding a battle? That's what he thought happened in his mind. So again, the mind is a very tricky place where people fill in the gaps. So when there's a very traumatic experience, they fill in the gaps with what they think happened. So for example, if they hear a pistol going off, they assume it hit a target. Or if they feel physical pain, they assume that they are injured. So it's these assumptions where a traumatic event occurs where in their minds it is very true. But in reality, there's a lot of missing information. And the problem with this account again is that there were these beings involved that would be a traumatic experience for anyone, where the body automatically goes into fight-or-flight mode, where you can easily go into shock. How did Phil Schneider lose fingers on his left hand? That was during a different accident, so it was not related to this incident. Was he corrected, corrected stating to a close friend that he, he, if he committed suicide, he will have been murdered? That's a very tricky question, since in his mind, again, it's very real. But again, suicide is a personal choice. And as always, if you are feeling suicidal or have these thoughts, it's good to talk to a close friend. But it's better to go see a professional and get some professional help. I think he was saying that if he died suddenly, he would have been murdered with the official verdict of suicide. That's not true, no. It was just, again, in his head. His, the, his body was found in his apartment, apparently with evidence that he'd been murdered by intruders. Why was his death officially ruled as suicide? That's another tricky question, since it's up to multiple individuals to determine if it's suicide or murder. So in his case, there's a lot of evidence towards possible murder. However, it was not enough towards a sufficient proof. So there's a level of proof that must be allowed so it can actually be ruled a homicide. So in many cases, there's just a human decision 
where they don't make the right call. Changing subject to the Fort Dix shooting from 1978, during the early, hour, early morning hours of January the 18th, were UFOs sighted flying over the adjacent Fort Dix and McGuire Air Force bases? Yes. Shortly afterward, was an Air Force security patrol ordered to the back gate of McGuire Air Force Base to allow entry to New Jersey State Police who were searching for something? Yes. Did the st state trooper tell one of the airmen on duty at Fort Dix that he was pursuing a low flying object that had hovered over his car, then a small being with a large head and slender body appeared in front of his vehicle? Yes. Did the military policeman panic and shoot the extraterrestrials several times with a forty-five automatic pistol? There was shooting in the supposed alien destruction, yes, though they did try to kill what they thought was the being. Did the extraterrestrial flee over the fence between the two bases before falling and dying on the deserted runway? Unfortunately, the being was dead, yes, so that account is true. How would an extraterrestrial be killed by a primitive human weapon? There are different types of extraterrestrials, so not all of them can self-heal or have the technology to heal, and a lot of the technology to actually help them is usually in their ship. So if they are not prepared to be injured by something and are the right type, there are ways that humans can kill them. Did Blueberry forces take over the area where the extraterrestrial had fallen dead? Yes. Later that day, did a team from Wright-Patterson Air Force Base arrive in a C-141 cargo aircraft to crate out the body, load it on board and take off? Yes. Why was such a large aircraft used for a small cargo? Or did the cargo also include the extraterrestrial craft? Parts of the craft were also recovered, so the craft was not whole when they found it. However, they did find parts. Were the two witnesses warned not to talk about the incident or they would be court-martialed? Yes. Were the two witnesses later taken to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base to undergo intimidating interrogation to be again warned not to talk about the incident? Yes, that's true. Were the two witnesses shipped overseas with one going to Okinawa? There were other factors of why they were shipped to different places, but for the most part, that's true. Why did retired Air Force Major George Filer III author the recently published book, Strange Craft? Basically to get information out there. So a lot of people wanting to speak up about their experiences since it's actually helping their process and helping them process what they've seen by writing it down and sharing it with others. Why is Filer's account so consistent with that of the two witnesses? Basically, there are more witnesses than have come forward. So there are multiple people who witnessed a craft and witnessed the, overall, the shooting overall. Did the cleanup crew that flew in to retrieve the body behave as if the dead creature was not entirely alien to them? They were not as shocked as most people would expect, but it wasn't the first time that a being was shot and killed, with some extraterrestrial beings more susceptible to human damage, so their curiosity is what gets them in trouble. What eventually happened to the parts from the extraterrestrial craft? They were studied and it was concluded that there wasn't much use for them, since the technology and functionality could not be figured out. What was the extraterrestrial's mission in traveling to air bases in New Jersey? Unfortunately, it was curious, so it's just observing the humans and curious of the strange craft that, craft that humans have. 
So again, you can think of it as extraterrestrials are curious about human technology since it's advancing and they want to see the change. Why was the official version of denial with the whole incident being described as a hoax? Because acknowledging that aliens exist would cause a lot of fear and basically a lot of people would look like liars by claiming that they don't exist. So it would cause a great uproar. So sometimes it's just easier to claim that something didn't happen when it doesn't fully make sense in a lot of people's minds. Was the extraterrestrial that was killed a friendly or unfriendly or unfriendly being? It was a friendly extraterrestrial that you could just say was trying to study the humans and collect information about the humans. So it wasn't trying to harm anyone. Do extraterrestrials have souls like humans? There is a life form inside of them, yes. So if you want to call it a soul, that would be correct. So anything that is alive has a soul. That was the last answer. Is the truth coming out about conspiracy theories too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. So Area 51 is now a major tourist attraction and not a secret base. That's fascinating. Yeah, just from uh, what I've watched on social media, it seems many people go there just to record their experiences for others. And they seem to even bother the guards just because they can. So I guess shout out to the guards putting up with all the tourists at Area 51 now. Um, the, um, the Fort Dix shooting was somewhat disturbing. It, it was kind of sad and poignant in the end that it was apparently a friendly extraterrestrial who was just curious. Um, kind of really sad. Well, I think it just makes a statement that if this account is fully true, that people get scared of what they've never seen before, scared of something that's different. So unfortunately for some people, their first instinct is to pull the trigger, which we've even seen with humans with other humans. But on that note, if anyone has any comments or has any future suggestions for shows, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at Too Good To Be True with our first two spelled T-W-O on Facebook or Too Good To Be True on Instagram. And that is going to be T-W-O and then T-B-T. And as always, thank you so much for listening and we look forward to next week's show.